boy Aaron and we're out here doing the Archie Sonic Digest featuring your co-host me Aaron hello hi it's me and your main host Speed Ayo what's happening guys we're having we have a nice selection of comments today it's a very fun episode I'm not gonna lie a lot a lot a lot of goofs a lot of gaffes a lot of a lot of character introspections that really make you think and we finally get to see we finally get to see why one character exists, for God's sake. I hope you remember that time, a long time ago, we talked about a certain character. I hope you remember. I really hope you remember, because I hope you, good I hope lord. You remember, because good lord. But we are here. We have, as Speed mentioned, a selection of comics to go through, and I think we should start. So, let's jump right into it. Yeah, so let's begin. On our first comic tonight, Sonic Universe 21. Flynn writing and Yardley the artist today. And so, we open. A few days ago, Zone Cops are chasing a red ship through a zone portal into the Prime Zone. They're demanding Dr. Nega pull over. This is now your 47th zone violation. And they open fire. And the fire hits. Nega's ship drops a capsule. And the chase continues to another zone. And now we move to today's date. We see Amy moving cream vanilla and cheese into Freedom HQ. Their home away from home, as she calls it. Vanilla asks if all the Freedom Fighters have their own separate rooms. Well, yeah, we do actually. It's just past the lab. And from there, they hear Nicole go inside. Cream and Vanilla meet Nicole. She seems a... Vanilla seems a little hesitant to talk with Nicole, considering... <laughs> We'll get to this. Yeah, we'll get to this. We'll get to this. We'll get to this. But regardless, Nicole says she's been getting some weird energy signatures. I can't really pinpoint the exact location. So Amy just says, hey, why don't I take your handhold? Let's go searching. And Cream actually wants to go with her. Vanilla again, showing a little hesitancy. But Amy says, hey, look, it's just a quip romp to the forest and back. Should be no trouble at all. And with that, she allows it. Amy, Cream, and Cheese make their way out. Cream says to Amy, she's real happy to be getting the chance to tag along, but, um, why do you have your base in such an ugly area? Ooh. Uh. So, yeah, Amy breaks it down that Eggman basically burned the whole fucking forest down because, you know. You know. The, the, you the know. thing that happened. She apologizes, but Amy's just like, uh, it's, it's fine. You, look, you didn't know about it. It's 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 okay. It, it <laughs> is what it is, you know? Cheese actually calls out something. Cream acts as uh, their translator. Something shiny is on the ground. So they make their way to it, thinking that could be the weird thing Nicole was pinging. Could be over in no time at right as a wall of fire erupts from their feet, revealing Blaze. She tells them, if you're here hunting for the soul emeralds, back off. About now. And Amy, 
Amy girl bosses her way through this saying, who do you think you are showing up out of nowhere, throwing fire like that? I mean, I mean, Amy, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is place. Like you, you did, you don't. Not the time. Cream tells Amy, hey, be careful. She seems to, you know, have fire powers and all that. But Amy pulls out her hammer. She's ready for a fight. And the two are sizing each other up. And go for it, right to Cream's dismay. And Amy's able to swipe away Blaze's fire, and she says, you'll need more than a hammer and some big words to stop me. Yeah, well, how does Sonic do the mid-battle banter like this? And that's where Blaze stops. Uh, Sonic? You mean the hero of Mobius, Sonic? You know him? Amy asks with a sour look on her face. And that's when Cream continues the call. Hey, the shiny thing you guys are fighting over was just a broken bottle of glass. So, uh, you know, they're both pretty embarrassed over, uh, fighting over, you know, uh, garbage. Blaze is just like, um, uh, sorry about that. Uh, good day. And Amy tries to keep up with her, but Blaze is not having it. Amy just asks her, can you at least tell me how you know Sonic? And she says, Sonic one time appeared on my world, helped him find one of his Chaos Emeralds, he helped me find one of my Soul Emeralds, and since then, I've been tracking them down in my world and the others since then. So, Amy makes the connection. Fire powers, other world. Oh yeah, Sonic did tell me about you. And she says, oh, now you realize? Look, I've seen a lot of weird stuff. You don't stand out that much. Monka S, Monka S. It's, it, I mean, listen, considering the previous lore of this comic, the shit, it, it's cool, man. It's cool. It's, it, it, we get it. They introduce each other. They exchange their pleasantries. While Cream introduces herself in cheese, Amy introduces herself as a freedom fighter and Sonic's future sweetheart. And Cream asks, do you think Sonic would appreciate you saying that? Oh, well, Sonic knows how I feel and how we're meant to be. I'm pretty sure he's dating Princess Sally Cream. Drop it. Ugh, yonder, Amy. Ooh, I don't want I don't ooh, like that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So anyway, uh, we're all introduced <laughs> now. Blaze, let's go find that emerald of yours. But uh, you, you were fighting me pretty viciously a minute ago. Now you want to help me? Yeah, if you're cool with Sonic, you're cool with us. So let's go before somebody else finds it. As Blaze just follows behind Amy. Now, I actually want to comment here that this is actually a really interesting interpretation of Blaze's character of her being, like, hesitant to open up to others. I think that was a point of Sonic Rush is that she was very much a loner character. And I like this little translation into the comics. Agreed. I think that um, Rush did this very well with Cream, which is not something you get to say often about Cream as a character. It, it Cream is usually just the, you know, the the innocent little girl with the, the chow. But, but Rush did do one thing that I, I've always praised very heavily for, which is Blaze and Cream's relationship is actually very touching. Because Blaze doesn't want anything to do with her, but like... Cream kind of wins her over and she like opens up and she kind of realizes that, you know, by pushing everyone away, she's only hurting everyone, which is like, yeah. Nice message. I'm a fan. <laughs> I mean, I've said it many times, but I fucking, I love Blaze. She's one of the best characters in this franchise. And God, I wish Sega would let, would let us use, would let them use her more because she's so fucking good. She's so fucking good, man. So the three make their way into the great forest. Nicole has some readings that she thinks are really weird. One minute they're pinging something and then another it disappears. So Amy turns to Blaze. She sees her using her soul emerald to guide her way, but she flashes it away with an angry look to her face. My trust is not so easily won. And from a voice in the trees, she says she's right to be cautious. And we see up there, turns out to be Rouge, also here hunting the soul emerald. 
following the same readings as they are. Plus, it doesn't take a master spy to overhear, have you found the soul emerald yet? How about now? How about now? Amy's actually, like, ready to fight. She believes that she's not there altruistically, but Rujin says, Ah, I'm plenty trustworthy. Come on. But Amy refuses. You are a spy. Yeah, a spy for gun. Your ally. Well, you're as shady as can come. So was Fiona, and you let her in on your team. That's a low blow, Rouge. That's that's a low blow. Th- that was that was kind of fucked up. So in frustration, Amy just gives it up, and Blaze shuts it all down. Either be of assistance, or get out of my way. And the remaining people follow behind her, Rouge commending her for taking over leadership. So later, Rouge asks Blaze, what makes the soul emerald of yours so important, huh? Well, it keeps my world alive. Ah. Ah. That'll make things more complicated. (laughs) Ooh, yikes. (laughs) So when they come to a ravine, Rouge notes that there's a massive energy spike here. Whatever they're tracking, it's down at the bottom. And the four manage to make their way down. Rouge flies Blaze down, Cream flies down Amy. And when they go down, a branch from a fallen tree cracks off and is about to hit them. Cheese tries to push it aside, but it's too small to do anything. So Amy tells Cream, okay, get into position, I'm gonna strike it. But Blaze has Rouge fly up, and she incinerates the entire trunk. And Rouge twists into the ashes, spreading it out and dousing the fire at the same time. And Amy and Cream are very surprised to see how well they work together. The four land. Rouge says, ooh, nice work, princess. And while Blaze appreciates the comment, how did you know I was a princess? I have my sources. What sources? And look, the energy signature is coming from in there. And Rouge points the twisted roots of the tree, a faint blue light coming from inside. And Blaze confirms it. The blue soul emerald is inside. Nicole thinking that the tree trunks must have been masking its energy. So Blaze thanks Cream for helping out and apologizes for being rude to them earlier. And Amy thanks Rouge as well for the help. I'm sorry for doubting you. And Rouge responds, oh, think nothing of it, because I'll be taking the emerald for myself. And she throws Amy down, and Blaze is once again pissed, thinking herself a fool. I can't believe I trusted any of them. Oh god, I am stupid. But Amy and Creep stance up in front of Blaze, demanding she give the emerald back to her. And of course, Rouge refuses, knocking the capsule the soul emerald was in to them, and she's able to knock it away from hitting Cream. And she tries to fly away, but Amy strikes her hammer near her, causing Rouge to go all out and knocks her down. And while Rouge is able to fly out, she is once again met with Blaze's firewall, demanding to return the Soul Emerald. Oh, if there was only some big strong man to defend poor whittled defenseless me. As from above, an explosion pops off, and two figures fall in from behind. And she says it may be for the best for me to hold on to this. Otherwise, can't promise to restrain the boys, Shadow and Omega. And that's the end of Universe 21. Good start, good start. Uh, Let's get right into Universe 22, unless you had something to say. Universe 22, Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. So we cold open on Blaze's world on the southern island. There's constant thunderstorms and high tides raging as the residents come ashore with Marine's dinghy. Everything's gone from bad to worse now, Marine says, but Blaze will come back and everything will be fixed once she gets the Soul Emeralds back. You'll see. And back on Mobius... We see Team Dark, Amy and Blaze, stanced up to fight for the Soul Emerald. Cream in the back being real fearful for what's going on. And Blaze chastises Shadow. So this is how you repay my generosity. You know how badly my world needs the Soul Emeralds. And Shadow actually reels for a second. 
this is this is, is a this is a good moment. Oh, this is a very good moment. Shadow has a real good arc in this uh, set of comics. Uh, yeah, we'll, uh... we'll get into it. So he reels, but he composes himself. That was then, and this is now. And Blaze takes out his fighting words, and she goes in with flame-charged fists, Amy behind hammer at the ready. A little messy, as Rouge figures. Omega, you do your thing. And he brings up his entire arsenal, saying yippee Kaye pastel-colored resistance. Wow. I'm just gonna say, big fan of Omega's personality in this comic. This is, uh, very funny. <laughs> he's... I, I just, he's hes so ridiculous. It's its wonderful. So rockets, bullets, and laser fire are centering on the three of them. Amy screams for Cream to get down as uh, Blaze pulls up the old reliable firewall, blocking all the ammo. Nicole's fine, though. She's on the ground wondering what's going on. You know, there's an intense increase of heat detected. And Amy's trying to cover Blaze as Team Dark is shocked for different reasons, that Blaze was able to block Omega's barrage, and Shadow screams to Rouge, Have you lost your mind? And Rouge is like, Hey, that was just supposed to scare them, not kill them, Omega. Blaze creates a fire helix around Omega, doing some real damage. And he's keeled over as Blaze walks towards him. Omega reveres her destructive power. Hands clap together, saying, I like you. Let's burn things together. Um, how 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 can one robot be so based (laughs) all he cares for is wanton destruction and i respect that i respect it A, a, a man with a mission meanwhile from above we see three shadowed figures spying in on the fight waiting for the right time to catch these bozos by surprise amy smashes her hammer near rouge she trips dropping the emerald cream catches it Omega goes right for her, and in her fear, she screams and throws the Soul Emerald dead center of his face, bouncing off, leading Shadow to catch it. And Amy just hits him square in the back. He drops it, Blaze trying to catch it. Rouge intercepts, but it bounces off her head, as Cheese catches it, and he flies up and out of the roots. Seeing as you can't chase him out from that little hole, I think we win, Blaze says. And Rouge concedes, but I think I'll take a consolation prize. As Rouge grabs her hand, forcing her to summon the gray soul emerald she had, grabs it, and throws it to Shadow. Leaps back. Shadow, get us out of here. And Shadow tries to induce chaos control with the soul emerald. But when he does it, it releases a 360 wave of fire. Team Dark is down, but Blaze, Amy Cream are unfazed. It's thrown back to her, and Blaze only remarks, This is why I am their guardian. That's a fun little moment, Shadow trying to fuck with the Soul Emerald like that. I've never seen that before, and I don't think we ever will see that again. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting scenario. Kind of, kind of, kind of makes you think uh, what would happen if uh, if they got all seven. You think it would just set them on fire? No, I mean maybe they become a, a different form. You know, kind of like how like uh, all seven uh, World Rings. Uh, well, four. What was it? Four. Four World Rings that allowed Sonic to become Dark Spines. Oh my God. It's like, look, God, uh, look <laughs> Secret Rings was special, Sonic. but like, come on, Dark Spine Sonic's design was kind of raw. Come on, let's I admit mean, it. I mean, come on. It, w- it was it was extremely raw, but that doesn't mean we still can't laugh and as uh, at it uh, and how uh, absurd it was. Well, they can't all be winners, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so she, Cream, and Amy are running out of the roots. They're not too badly hurt, thankfully, but uh, probably wasn't enjoyable. But Blaze thanks them once again for their help, 
Amy says, think nothing of it. All in a day's work for a freedom fighter. Cream, go look up for cheese. We'll find our way up. So Cream flies up. And when she gets to the top of the chasm, she is pretty shocked to see what she sees. It's, it's the boys. Knack, Bean, and Bark. Team Hooligan. As they are officially christened for the first time, and would come to be known as Team Hooligan from this point on. A fitting name for three... Uh, wild individuals, if that's a good way to put it. So, Knack is holding cheese in one hand, Soul Emerald in the other, and Cream goes ballistic. The words does not do it justice. Like, look at the art. She is, like, mega pissed. Seeing Cheese held hostage, and she dives right in to attack Knack, and she's just held back and up by Bark, and she is just going off. How dare you kidnap Cheese? You didn't do anything. You don't hold him by his wings. They're sensitive. Give that emerald back to Blaze. We worked very hard for it. And the whole day has been nothing but roughhousing and rude people. And I simply won't tolerate it. And Knack is just like... Enamored. He just says, criminy kid. Meanwhile, Bean, enamored. Enamored with Cream. Oh, isn't she the cutest little floppy-eared, loud-mouthed, tiny little bitty fluffy you've ever seen? Thank you... Can we keep a boss? Please, she'll be our mascot. I'll feed her and take her for walks and name her George. <laughs> Nack is just like, okay, no, shut the fuck up. I have no time for your crazy. Right as Amy and Blaze climb out of the ravine, Nack is sweating bullets seeing Amy, and he's just muttering, oh god, not her, oh, not the hammer. Nack pulls the emerald in his cap, gets Bean Bark and himself on his air bike. Let's get up out of here. With Bark still holding on to Cream, Amy's ready to go after her as Blaze uses her fire to propel herself to the bike's speed, and she coats herself in fire, breaks through the bike, catching Cream as she's let go. When Amy catches up with Cheese on her head, she comments, wow, with that, it's almost like you're as fast as Sonic, but where's the Soul Emerald? Then we cut to the hooligans, being on a tree, ranting, Oh, like taking candy from a baby. Well, what nursery did you come from, pal? Which you gotta say, that's a very good quip. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a, that's a five star quip for me. Didn't see that they had a freedom fighter with them. Well, you were spying on them. You didn't see Pico Pico Valkyrie with them. Again, five star quip. Yeah. <laughs> bro, bro, beans just going bagger after bagger. We just gotta keep going. I need, I need to hear more of them. And Nack just says, okay, look, relax. We got the game. We got it made. As Amy comes over the hill saying, you will be made to hurt if you don't hand over the... As she's bombarded with more ammunition from Omega, the Team Dark is still singed from the incident, demanding that they hand over the Soul Emerald. She tries to explain we don't have it, but ends up being dropkicked by Shadow. Omega fires on Blaze and Cream, and the boys consider this sneaky time and tiptoe their way to the airbike. So Blaze and Cream hide behind a tree stump. It becomes that way when Omega continues his firepower, saying, Please surrender, think of the poor trees. Dude. <laughs> Come on, man. Dude. Blaze does a flamethrower move to create a distraction for Cream, but she's hit in the back and elbowed over the head by Rouge. And Amy's hits keep getting dodged by Shadow, saying, Hey, can you stop teleporting and fight like a man? And kicks her over the head, knocking her hammer out her hand. She tries to go back in for it, but Shadow, quick thinking, grabs the hammer, strikes her with it across the head, and she's out cold. Never seen Amy's hammer used against her. That's also an interesting little scenario. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I also have to say, uh, 
Shadow the Hedgehog uh, promoting violence against women. I'm sorry, I had to say it. 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 Rouge and Shadow bringing the knocked out Blaze and Amy together. Rouge commenting that honestly, after the feist thing, this is nothing. But Cream is still left, and she's got a large stick in hand ready to fight, and Cheese has a rock in his hand about to deliver the grace of Allah to them, right? And- <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that you've described that. The grace of Allah. <laughs> anyway. She's, she's, yeah. she's about to kill them while going, Inshallah. <laughs> the two are grabbed by Omega. Cream just bursts out crying. We don't even have the emerald anymore. Jesus Christ. And Omega, the, the big boy, the big machine, does in fact have a heart. As he says, please don't cry, tiny girl creature. I do not think I can handle handle that we love we love the man we love the myth we love the legend omega (laughs) wait what do you mean you don't have the emerald and she just says a smelly weasel man took it from us a smelly weasel man that's a great way to describe knack (laughs) yeah he just looks like he has a a scent to him doesn't he He rancid dude what is it about this 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 saga i mean we're two issues in and the jokes and the quips are so on point they're really doing a good job with the writing here. And I can't, I don't think we can overstate that enough. For a relatively simple story, they're making it super fun and engaging. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the previous arcs of Sonic Universe were very story heavy and very serious, I guess. So I guess Ian just wanted to like have a little break the ice on and say, let's just have some fun. Let's just have some laughs tonight. I mean, I-, I can also kind of add on to that and say that I like the use of characters here. Amy, always love Amy stuff. Always love seeing her do shit. Cream, loves seeing cream be an active character not the biggest fan of her but i appreciate her for what she is blaze i mean i i literally just yeah it's it's fucking it's fucking blaze and now we have team dark and team hooligan it's like this is and this is what i like about universe universe is being used to accentuate the characters it's not being used to develop them in a way it's being used to accentuate them and then that accentuation can be brought forward into the main comic in a way that feels natural Mm -hmm. right it's wonderful yeah i'm a big fan definitely i i'm not gonna say no to more content like this and hey look i'm just having a good old time no complaints i am i'm having a great time let's let's keep going amy wakes up knack the weasel and his boys being in bark she means and rouge insists like oh we can get it back from them they're easy enough as now Blaze wakes up now, Shadow, of all people, is trying to hold her temper in, and she flamethrowers him, saying, I did not brave the cosmic interstate and the zone cost blockade for nothing. Without the emeralds, my world will die, and I will not let you or anyone else stop me. Then move to see Team Hooligan riding on the bike as they see from above a large airship coming down on them. Knack realizes who that airship belongs to. So we already have three teams, and we still haven't even met all the players yet. Crazy. Four teams now. I mean, we, we just had our, our post, post-issue discussion um, in the middle of the issue, so hey. I don't think we have much else to say. But we're going to move on to 23. Before we start, I would like to make a very special mention to the cover of issue 23. Cream with some baller sunglasses riding on Shadow's bike. While Cheese has got some sunglasses on too, looking like a bunch of badasses while Shadow Face falls in the background. <laughs> Come on. I think Tracy Ardley, I think he drew the cover of this, was it? It is not. I'm looking. 
I'm trying to find. Uh, the it looks credit. like his art style. Yeah, it's it's very 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 cute. I uh. The only comment I think that ch- instead of having aviators, I think Cream should have had hater blockers. <laughs> you know the ones, the the umbrella kind of. Yeah, the ladder sunglasses. Abso- come on. Absolutely, absolutely. But but I I I love this cover. It's it's really funny, really cute. Um, <laughs> issue twenty three. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team. So we open on Team Hooligan is on the getaway on Nax bike, being once again doing the hyper talk of how we got away with the shiny didn't think of much when you offered this partnership but hey maybe this could be the start of a good relationship only if you acknowledge me what are you so focused on anyway and Nack <laughs> responds to the airship above them trying to get away from them meanwhile amy's team and team dark are having a moment rouge upset that they wasted their time like this blaze giving shadow the cold shoulder but shadow's only saying look i really am trying to help you as he tries to help her up omega asks can i let the chinese squishy ones go i'm afraid i will pop them (laughs) cream's response is also great i appreciate the concern mr robot (laughs) adorable amy calls the group's attention we can either keep fighting or we can band together and go after nax trail and rouge agrees to that cooperation as cream and cheese are just gently put down amy begins to ask how we can start tracking those jerks and shadow smirks I've got just the thing. And as Shadow goes off, Amy catches up to him, asking how he knows Blaze. We met on a mission I was sent on a while ago. Oh, so she helped you out and now you're fighting her? Yes. And you've heard that without the Soul Emeralds, her world will die, right? Yes. So Amy grabs Shadow's arm and chastises him. I thought you were one of the good guys. You want to save Mobius, right? Why wouldn't you want to save all worlds? And Shadow just brushes her off, saying, I will do what I must. Let me get our ride. As he just walks away, again, with the same conflicted look on his face. But Amy comments to herself that Shadow will come around and do the right thing. I know it. Good moment here. Because Amy knows Shadow. Like, uh, he, she she can read him like a book. If the events of Sonic Adventure 2 are canon, which I assume that they are in, in this universe, right? Yeah. She knows firsthand, considering what happens in the last story of that game. She knows at the end of the day, he'll do the right thing. That's also a really nice, like, character dynamic, too, is that, you know, at the end of the day, we may fight. Yeah. He'll come around. He'll come around. He always comes around. It's Shadow. It's I mean, Shadow. And this is, and again, it's it's another instance of the character of of the, the Shadow that we want. It's the the cold exterior, edgy boy with the big, warm, soft heart inside that wants to do nothing but help people. Sega, you people are cowards. Anyway, <laughs> true. A while later, their ride, which happens to be Shadow's gun motorcycle. Rouge is driving it, Amy's riding back, Cream Cheese and Omega are in a sidecar, Shadow and Blaze running alongside them. And Cream says, oh, it's such a nice day for a ride, right, Mr. Robot? Urge to maim, rising. Based, 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 based. Amy asks Shadow, hey, why do you even have something like this? You can keep up with Sonic by yourself. And he just says, gun protocol requires one troop transport for each squad. As Rouge comments, which is why you painted and maintain it yourself, right? As he just smirks, 
I really like that bike. Adorable. See, that's another great moment. It's like he's got he's got little hobbies and he cares. Oh God, I love I love I love what these comics do with this character. He makes me so happy. And Rouge comments, we can only go so fast on this terrain. Blaze, burn a path forward for us. And she doesn't say anything, but rushes forward and incinerates a path. Omega, a little upset he didn't get to do some destruction himself. But Shadow goes off to keep with Blaze's pace. And when Shadow goes up to her, he actually intends to apologize. I know your world needs the soul emeralds. And she cuts him off. The oceans will boil, the islands will sink, and the sky will fall. I, I didn't know that, but my mission and my world come first, and I will fight you without regret. And Blaze snaps back. Then why are you trying so hard to apologize? As she rushes along past, leaving Shadow again shocked and dejected. Ah, uh, yikes. Shadow, again, like, again, this is like, you're creating a lot of complexity with this scenario. Shadow, he knows what's right. He knows what he has to do, but he's got his orders. So what's a man going to do? I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's the little things. It's the character writing. It's the, it's the power of the character writing. So meanwhile, the airship is dropping bombs on the hooligans. Bean warning another one's about to drop and it explodes basically right behind them, throwing the three off their bike. And Knack points the soul emerald to the sky saying, if you try anything, I will blow this gem to smithereens. As Knack sees three figures come down from the airship, rush past him, and reveal themselves. The new players, the Babylon Rogues. Soul Emerald now in Jet's hands, saying that wave sensors were indeed right. There was something special here after all. So as Jet proceeds to gloat a little and tries to tell Knack to back off, Bean rushes in, Jettison Q Hawking Tinted is you! <laughs> <laughs> And you brought the whole family. Quite the proud papa, ancient Jettison. <laughs> so, welcome to the first new lore that Jet the Hawk gets in this arc. Uh, apparently, Bean and Jet are related. Apparently. And there's another little drop in there as well in a second, so stick with us. Yes. And he's just like, ooh, I want to see photos, Jettison. He says, hey, that's not my name. Let me go. Which, I'm going to be real with you, it's a coin flip. I think it could be, could not be. I don't know, it's it's Bean. You never know. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, 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 you never, you never know. It's, 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 it's Jet. It, it, it's Bean. He's a fucking madman. So, Storm whispers to Wave, Hey, I thought the Armada took Bean out. Uh, no such luck. Interesting. Interesting bit of, interesting little droplet right there. Mm-hmm. Maybe a future arc? We'll deal with the Babylon Rogues and the Armada. Knack hmm. tells Bark, go to the bike and grab the gun. As Knack pulls it out, ready to take out Jet with his sniper. Goodbye, pigeons. And Bean snaps, hey, we're not pigeons. And Jet notices <laughs> the sniper and says, boys, you gotta scatter. And Knack responds, I've tagged Sonic more than once. You guys are nothing. And a shot is about to hit Jet, but Storm shields him with his board. Wave screaming at Jet to grab the gem and let's just get out of here. And he does so. Bean falls down, dazed from being hit by Storm's board, right on top of Nack's sniper. And the rogues fly off, but the hooligans follow behind on the bike. Bark is driving, and Fang targets the emerald and shoots at it. When the plasma hits the soul emerald, it charges it up in Jet's hand, releases another 360 wave of fire, 
The hooligans on the ground real shocked to see that reaction. And elsewhere, Blaze stumbles and fates on the run, saying that she felt a reaction to the emerald. I'm okay. I can sense its location now, though. So Shadow picks her up. On Amy's order, let's go double pace. We gotta get that emerald. And so the hooligans, yet again, have their hands on the emerald. The rogues are knocked down from the flame. Knack is appreciated that there's not a single scratch on this thing. Gotta love these magical whatchamacallits. And Jet and the rest of the rogues get back up on their boards, and he says, That's good to know. I can pick it up from the remains. Autopilot, full bombardment. Our boy Knack is pissing and shitting himself in fear. <laughs> As Bark puts his hand, his cap over his heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Our boy, Bean, gets up onto a little rock, acting like he's a conductor. And a one, and a two, all together now. And all the bombs in the sky go off at once. You on the left, you are a little flat. <laughs> so wave is shocked to see that bean seemingly has control over bombs and jet only comments let's just be thankful he's more rogue than armada what a what a strange power right because it was always just kind of implied that bean threw bombs not that he had the ability to remotely control explosives and not only that, but there's also the comment from Jet saying that you should be grateful he's more rogue than Armada. So, let, let's line all this stuff up. Bean and Jet seem to be related. At the very least, they were in the Armada together. And that line, I don't know what that could be referencing to, if it references anything at all. But I take it away as the fact that maybe Bean deserted the Armada with Jet. Maybe that's why he had uh, the extreme gear interesting comment i also think it's another unique way that ian tries to thread sort of the the interconnections of so many different new characters and and different games that were coming around around this time i think it's really cool personally yeah it makes the world feel alive you know absolutely it's wonderful knack puts the emerald back in his hat pissed that people all day keep trying to destroy my bike and jet accepts the challenge as between the middle they are fired at by Omega, and Amy and the rest of the squad have shown up. They don't know exactly who has the emerald between the hooligans and the rogues, but let's just spread out, fight them one by one, and hopefully we can finish this quick. So everyone is separated into their teams. Rouge tells Team Dark, let's use the confusion to grab the gem and get out of here. Shadow still having reservations about betraying them twice in one day, but Rouge reminds him, this is our mission, boy. You get over it. And Amy tells Blaze and Cream, okay, they're definitely going to try to double-cross us. That's when Jet orders to engage. Knack telling Bean, have bombs at the ready. Then Rouge leads Team Dark in. Let's get that emerald, boys. We take no prisoners. Amy leads her team to fight for Blaze's world. Jet leads the rogues. Get to the finish line and grab that emerald. And Knack leads the hooligans in. Let's just beat them all back. Take them down or you guys don't get paid. And that's the end of 23. Another great issue. Um, some really good character stuff there for uh, for Shadow, and then and some cool lore reveals. As we move on to issue twenty four, final part of the Treasure Team Tango, which is what this arc is called. Flynn and Yardley, the creative team, as always. So now we see our four teams sizing each other up for the Soul Emerald, and a free for all brawl ensues. Cream is above assessing the situation, knowing that Mother would not have approved of me being here if it was going to turn out like this. But Amy is fighting bravely despite being outnumbered. We promised we'd help save Blaze's world, 
So she decides to do the proper thing and charge in. As Knack is about to shoot Amy, Cream lands on his head. She's tackling his pistol. And Amy thanks her for the save. And Blaze calls to regroup. We need a plan. And she puts a firewall around them. Tells the two of them, you guys need to get to safety. This is my responsibility at the end of the day. I don't want to involve you guys further. But both Amy and Cream refuse to back down. We started this as a team and we're going to end it like one. Good. I, I'm a big, big fan of, uh, of, of the panel where, uh, where Cream says that. She's got her arms crossed and she's, you know, the eyes are closed alongside cheese on her head. Very, very cute little details. Big fan of it. <laughs> Blaze accepts and thanks them. I will not forget this. And Amy says, for now, we keep each other safe and we don't let the Emerald get away. The wall drops and Amy charges into the battlefield, going directly for Shadow. And she calls to him, buddy, your time is up. You have to decide. Are you going to follow Gunn's orders or are you going to help Blaze save her world? Shadow again, showing his conflicted face. And Jet doesn't want to fight any further. So he snatches the emerald from Knack and just tells the rogues, let's get out of here. And Shadow, our boy Shadow's made up his mind. He warps to Jet's board, grabs the soul emerald and kicks him off his board. Wave and Storm approach saying, hey, we'll go easy on you if as Rouge and Cream ambush them. And cause their boards to end up hitting Shadow both sides on the head. And he's basically knocked down and launches the emerald up into the sky. Omega and Bark are both trying to catch it. But Amy jumps into Omega's hand. She catches it and throws it to Blaze. As Bean throws a bomb toward her. As she catches her emerald, she says, You forget. I control flames. I can create them and destroy them. And with a snap of her fingers... She turns the bomb into a dud. And then Bean. Bean does what Bean does best. And our man goes on a fucking Hamlet monologue. Saying that this bomb, <laughs> this bomb was meant for great things. And she took it all away from you. It shouldn't have ended like this. Not like this. It was all my fault. Throwing you out into the world before you were ready. I will never forget you. I will remember you as Cecil. Or Abigail. No, it's got to be something gender neutral. Like Kendall or Jamie. And while he's ranting, we see all the teams fighting in the middle for the Soul Emerald. Just keeps getting tossed into different groups. And separately, Rouge figures, okay, we can't win like this. And Amy offers a truce into getting the gemstone. Figuring in the end, you and Shadow will do what's right. And Rouge just plays along. Amy says, rally the teams together. We'll handle the bad guys. Blaze will handle the rest. So Team Dark handles the, the rogues. Rouge fighting Wave's flight path. Shadow warping around Jet. And Omega's tussling with Storm. And then all the rogues are thrown into each other dead center. Amy's team is handling the hooligans. Amy backs Knack into a corner. Complaining how he's able to take out Sonic more than once. Why are you dames giving me a hard time, eh? Yeah, shut up. Sally didn't hit you that hard. Blaze is igniting sparks at Bark's feet. Getting him to back up. As Cream... Cream just takes Bean by the hand. And walks with him to join his friends. And he goes peacefully. Jamie Kendall Duckington III would have wanted that. <laughs> oh my fucking god. Dude, I don't get it. How is this character so incredible? <laughs> he, he's just himself. That's it. People like it when people are themselves. Even if they're Absolutely. freaks. <laughs> even if they're freaks. Even if they're freaks. Now, the rogues and the hooligans are back to back. Amy asks Blaze, well, time for step two. And with a snap again, reignites the bomb in Bean's hands. And he's happy to see it back alive, but everyone else knows what's going to happen. 
Except for Bark, he kind of figured that this would go down. <laughs> He's just like, are you fuck? I was just like, yeah, I kind of... Like, all right, okay, <laughs> fine. And the bomb goes off, and the Soul Emerald is launched right into Blaze's hands. Jet wants to keep fighting, but Wave just demands, no, we retreat. Now. I can get our boards back up and running, but it might be a little difficult considering how you lugheads use them so roughly. And as for the hooligans, Bean just has that big old smile on his face. <laughs> his hands are out. He's just like, I can't feel my hands. <laughs> Bark has picks up Knack. Let's just go on our way. <laughs> Amy's team and Team Dark have won the Emerald. And Rude just says, okay, hand it over now. We got a mission to complete. And Shadow just says, stop it. Give it a rest. Gun owes Blaze for getting us the Chaos Emerald before, remember? And Rouge challenges him. You know, I don't just back away from a gem. And Shadow gets between her and Amy's team saying, You will let this go, or I will make you. And then Omega comes in, joining Shadow. We will make you. I will not make the tiny bunny cry. Cream gets down from Omega's shoulder, and before they leave, Omega goes to Blaze, and he very meekly says, Uh, you burn things very good. I gotta go now, bye. <laughs> wow, crushing uh, hard. Team Dark is on the way. Rouge asking Shadow, so what are you going to tell the commander about all this? I don't know. You're the spy. You think of something. And Blaze says to Amy, she's kind of surprised to see Shadow act like this. I guess he's not so bad after all. And Amy says, yeah, well, he's no Sonic, but he comes handy in a pinch. Of course. So Blaze appreciates Amy's work. You know, Sonic and Tails spoke very highly of you. Glad to see that those words were true. And Amy thanks her. Come back soon and kick buck with us another day, huh? And now, two soul emeralds in hand, Blaze hopes for the best without running the zone cops afoul. And then, in a pillar of fire, Blaze is gone. And then, later that evening, Amy and Cream are back at Freedom HQ, decompressing from their adventure, telling Vanilla about the day. Vanilla says, oh, it was a lot more than just a simple investigation. Huh? And Amy says, well, yeah, it was a little bit more involved than I thought, but hey, Cream handled herself well. She's going to make a great freedom fighter one day. And then Amy gets a realization, the oh shit face, we forgot Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) And we see her handheld still left in the tree roots, calling out for anybody. And that's the end of uh, issue 24. That's the end of the Treasure Team Tango arc. And um, honestly, just... Just applause all around. This was such a fun arc. So many fun characters. A lot of fun little antics. Some We even get some bonus lore drops too. I had a fun time reading this one. I did as well. It's a really, really, really fun little arc. Very entertaining. A lot of great moments. And the next Sonic Universe arc. Fucking raw. It is Kino with a capital K. And there's even a capital O at the end. It's that good, boys. And of course, it's the 25th, the, the milestone issue for Sonic Universe 2. Look how far we've come. I would like to, um, would also like to remind everyone of a, a little tree, a little tree that was chopped down quite a ways ago. How, how we talked about that tree, that big old tree that got chopped down. The tree's still there, technically. Someone's got to burn it. <laughs> That's a way to put All it. All I'm going to say. All I'm going to say. So, we move away from our Sonic universe for this episode, and we'll go into our main issue, Sonic the Hedgehog number 219, Flynn writing and Jamal Peppers doing the art. I, is this the first time he's done a story, uh, like a main story? I think it has. 
It might be. I don't remember. We open the middle of the night. Mina is asleep, and she's awoken by her sheets beginning to float, seeing a corrupted Nicole grabbing her, taking her to serve the Iron Dominion. But with a crash of thunder, she's awoken from a common nightmare she's been having. So, meanwhile, in Castle Acorn, the boomer, King Max, has called for the shit heel, Jeffrey St. John. Why the fuck is- why is Jeffrey St. John back? Why is this character here? Nobody fucking likes you. God! There will be an answer to that question. Oh my god. Oh, there- oh, oh no, no, there- there will be. I know the answer, but I'm just saying, fuck this character. King Max is chastising Jeffrey for not coming alone. Why did you bring Sonic with you? Max called Jeffrey in because he wanted to find a way to bring the monarchy back to its proper authority. And suggested finding a Chaos Emerald could do the trick. So that's why Jeffrey called Sonic in the early morning in the pouring rain. You know, we can't find a Chaos Emerald without dealing with acceptable losses. An answer that Max accepts. Proceed at your own discretion, Commander. So Sonic and Jeffrey leave the chamber, making their way to Jeffrey's motorcycle. And he tells Sonic, Okay, man, look, I'm going to be real with you. Max is basically going senile. Yeah... I mean, it's it's just he's kind of going insane. Yeah, he, for some reason, he thinks he can bring the old days back and task me with doing just that. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's just like every modern American over fifty, fifty-five, sixty. Most of them. Yeah. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, uh, he figures that just having one Chaos Emerald probably wouldn't do it, but King Max thinks it will, and it wouldn't hurt to have one. So. He'll be none the wiser, don't you think? And Sonic admits, I kind of feel bad pulling the wool over his eyes, but honestly, dude, that's not a bad plan. You know, as far as you're concerned. (laughs) Based. They make their way to Freedom HQ. Seeing as Sonic is on Feist's good side, he'll definitely be necessary to handle the special zone. And then they arrive. Sonic opens the door, which hits Mina in the back unexpectedly, and Ash is with her chastising Sonic for not being considerate. And he's about to give Sonic even more of his mind, but Mina just holds him back. Look, I just want a quiet space to work on my next album, Sonic. And he agrees to let her stay there. You know, Freedom Fighter or not, you're one of us. And you and the band are always welcome here, as she and Jeffrey leave to the lab. And Ash, simply asking her, it's the nightmares again, isn't it? And she confides in him. It still feels like she's living through the Dominion occupation. You know, she did her part to help, evacuated people, but not everyone. And with Nicole being corrupted, people were being snatched out of their beds and the trees. She was, she was everywhere. I don't care if Sonic says she's back to normal. I want to believe in her, but she's everywhere and everything. I can't handle the thought of her being corrupted again. Wow. God damn. (laughs) Yeah, this is, uh, I I think we commented about this, about how the whole Nicole corruption arc and how the people are reacting to her is sort of like the smart technology debate. And this has now become a little too real. Yeah, this is starting to get into some, oh God, wow, this is kind of like relevant right now, isn't it? Uh, Ash comforts her. You know, you're not alone in thinking that it has been rough and the freedom fighters don't really see that. They just fly off save the day, and then everything is all hunky-dory perfect again. But, here's an idea. Why not take your pain and make it art? 
channel your emotions into your next album and use the opportunity to make a statement too. And that she's 100% down with. Grabs his hand, let's start making some music. And so, we move to the lab. Nicole is prepping the star post to go online to the special zone. And Sonic asks Jeffrey, hey, buddy, how's your wife? Hershey, how's she been? Haven't seen her in a while. And he says with a solemn look on his face, she's in uh, deep cover. Won't be seeing her for a while. Hmm. Hmm. Something, something doesn't seem right about that statement. Yeah, a little, little fishy. Smelly, he's a skunk. This is racially motivated. Anyway, the star posts are ready. The two step through the portal, entering the special zone. So you're here for another emerald, right? And the song is just like, if that's cool with you. Vice offering, of course, to play another game and abide by his rules. And, you know, if you defy him, uh, Vice will smite you. And seeing as the god likes games, Jeffrey offers a proposal. Why don't you uh, up the ante a little bit? Why don't you pit myself and Sonic against each other? Winner gets the Chaos Emerald for themselves. And Feist laughs. I am amused by that suggestion. I accept. Jeffrey assures Sonic, you know, hey, this will make the god happy, and there should be a breeze between the two of us. What do you think? And Sonic fist bumps to that argument. Sonic likes this better than the old grudge we used to have, you know? And Jeffrey figures the hatchet is officially buried, you loony child. Better a loon than a stinky wannabe skunky, which is racially incited. A little bit. A little bit of racism. Just a little little bit of a pinch of racism, one might even say. So, Feist creates a half-pipe course with two entrances for Sonic and Jeffrey. Display your speed and... It, he says shill. I think he's supposed to say skill. That might have been... No, a no. It, it's, it's, a, it's a K that looks like an H. A K, really? Yes, the font. I'm looking at the font right now. It, it's a K, but it looks like an H. Okay, this is just weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the font is a little weird. All right. Regardless, Feist, he tells them, get to the end of the course in time and win the purple Chaos Emerald at the end. So Sonic figures, then let the best speedy hedgehog win. On Feist's count, Sonic rushes, and Jeffrey doesn't even move an inch. As Sonic runs through the maze jeffrey starts loading his gun as sonic grabs the emerald humming the uh chaos emerald get from the genesis games very cute touch he returns sheesh jeffrey you didn't even try and that's when jeffrey shoots him stunning him walking up to him and saying i didn't need to mate and kicks sonic off of the spherical platform, taking the emerald out of the special zone, going out of Freedom HQ, ignoring Nicole, getting on his bike, and traveling all the way to Mammoth Mogul's Casino. Oh, wow. Huh. Well, look at that, huh? The guy who we suspected to be a traitor all along actually is a traitor. It's almost like this comic is being written by someone who knows these characters. As Jeffrey approaches Scratch, asking, is your boss in? Yes, but he's a very busy man and his schedule just opened up. Coconuts tries to block the path, as he is probably beaten the shit out of by Jeffrey St. John, who comes into the office. Commander St. John, isn't it? And with a Chaos Emerald, no less. I'm not sure if we have enough chips to exchange for that. I'm not here to gamble, mogul. I'm here to barter. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. <laughs> Just that, ten times over. 
I have retired from daily antagonism and benevolence, Commander. What need would I have for another Chaos Emerald? None. This gem isn't for you. It's key to completing my mission. You have the last thing I need. Oh? What mission is that, Mogul says, and eyes Ixus? To restore the true king to the throne. Well now! Well, 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 look what we have here. We have entered the situation that should have happened a long, long, long time ago. We are we are refraining from talking about this, by the way, because we want to save it for the very end. Because there is a lot to talk about here. So we do have a story B. It is an adaptation of Sonic Colors. Yeah, it's it's a very if Flynn and Yardley are the creative team. It, it's literally just the the first cutscene of Sonic Colors. Sonic and Tails arrive to Eggman's Interstellar Amusement Park. Tails dizzy from the space elevator, and they see Eggman's robot lackeys, Orbot and Cubot, which I think this is the first time they've appeared in this comic, right? I think this is the first time, yes. Huh. So they're trying to catch some flying aliens. Sonic rescues them. The white one merges with him, powers up his boost, charges through some robots. Orbot and Cubot get the fuck out of there. Tails translate with his handheld that he and his kind have been kidnapped by Eggman to be used as fuel for Eggman's park. Tails says this one is named Yakker, his kind are called Wisps, so Sonic and Tails take it upon themselves to lend a hand and you can experience it for yourself in Sonic Colors. It's a fun game. I like Sonic Colors. The the remaster was not that great, but you know. We 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 don't speak of it. We do not speak of it. Alright, so we're moving on to 220. Now, before we begin, we have to mention the cover. The cover is infamous. It is. Um, I see this memed a lot on Twitter, even to this day, because look, the it, it, the cover is just Sonic, his face shot in the pouring rain. He's looking at his betrayer, but the rain, the rain looks like something else. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say it. it looks like jizz. <laughs> it looks horrible. There goes my it's monetization. A good, it's, a, it's a good cover in theory, but it just... I don't know, the... the they should not have drawn the rain to be white, man. Like this is you're kind of setting yourself up for this. Yeah. Uh so let's so let's continue. Sonic is falling through the special zone. Shot in the back by Jeffrey. What in the world was he thinking? Our man Feist. Hey, oh, why Feist, why did you just stand around and let it happen? Feist found it amusing. Everything in the special zone is for Feist's amusement. Well, and find some new entertainment and personal pronouns. So Sonic He's got to think of a way to get out of here. And then meanwhile, at Casino Nightclub, Jeffrey offers the Chaos Emerald to restore Ixus Nagus to his former glory, to which Mogul says, well, I do not wish to have a challenge to my power come about. However, Jeffrey says, listen, Mogul, you exist in a league of your own. With this, new Mobotropolis will have a major upheaval. The people will need a resort to take refuge in. Probably will seek your establishment for that. Plus... It would all give Sonic a major headache. And with that, Mogul is sold. Take Nagus, he's all yours. Jeffrey, walking towards Nagus, with the purple emerald in hand. Easy there, I'm not even sure this will work, as the emerald is immediately gravitated towards his staff. Nagus's eyes go from being distant and broken to fixated and focused, the power restored to his scepter. He rises, let no joyful voice be heard, let no one look to the sky with hope, and let this day be cursed for those who witness the return of Ixus Nagus. 
And our man Nogus is uh pretty pissed about how he was being treated like a pet while being trapped in a broken mind. But his attention is broken by Jeffrey, who bows to him. Master, you are still recovering and there is much to review. We must fall back now. And Nogus responds by grabbing Jeffrey by the neck. You are a miserable failure. Prepare for my return. Ensure the kingdom stands. Remove the acorns, I all said. And Jeffrey kind of teleports himself out of Nogus's grasp, says, listen, there's still a kingdom of sorts. There's a Mobotropolis for you to rule. And keeping the acorns around was for the sake of stability. I did the best I could. And if you want a chance at taking your throne, you need me. Well, I've been active all the time. You've been imprisoned or incapacitated. And unlike you, sir, I have tact. Brute force magic won't work here. And Mogul interjects, says, hey, look, I mean, the guy brought you a chaos emerald. I mean, that's got to count for something, right? Well, I'm not talking to you, Nagus hisses. So Mogul says to Jeffrey, listen, buddy, this wasn't charity. You promised a revolution, and I expect a payoff. In due time, once my master is reinstated as king of Mobotropolis, Nagus says they will have their reckoning one day. Apprentice, come along. We must deal with the quickster. Oh, Sonic? I shot him in the back. Freeze frame. All three of them just looking at each other. Before Mogul starts bursting out laughing, Nagus saying, That alone earns you a reprieve. <laughs> funny, funny moments from the villains. As we cut back to the special zone, Song's just falling. You know, vibing. All you do is fall. This bores Feist. Uh, there's not much I can do, big guy. You're the one with the godlike powers. You do something. And Feist decides, okay, let's make this a game. A challenge for Sonic to make his way back up to the portal. Some bouncing balls for you to jump up and off of to scale his way up. And our man Sonic just barely makes it. And Feist claps, saying, ah, very entertaining to the end. You were Feist's favorite. And Sonic takes a bow and exits stage right. He comes back to the lab. Nicole's saying, hey, I detected somebody come back with a chaos number, but no one answered me. So I kept the portal open just in case. And Sonic is just like, thank you. That good call. Tell the council I'm back. And I got bad news. Sonic speaks to the full council. The Dr. Quack right behind him, recounting the story to a lot of the council members' shock. And King Elias tells Quack, do you believe that Maximilian is plotting to retake the throne? And he says, in short, no. He's taken a lot of physical and mental trauma that would have broken most men, and his good days are few and far between, but he's no threat to anyone or anything. And Rosemary, remember, Tails' mom, isn't sure if Jeffrey is acting on old orders or anything, but regardless, perhaps we should move the Acorn family to a safe location, but Elias refuses. Dispatch extra guards for my family and my parents. I will stay here in the council room. Besides, I know Sally's isn't going to just sit and wait around. And all the while, he kind of internally mentions to himself, perhaps Jeffrey will explain himself in time. I may have been played before, but Elias is giving Jeffrey the benefit of the doubt. Which is a mistake. What an absolute fucking mistake. Moronic move. Come on, Elias, you're fucking better than this. Why would you trust the man who literally has just almost destroyed your society twice? So, Sonic, though, is ready to play his part as the scene changes to Mina's house. Ash arrives just after the rest of the band do, and her mom says that Mina's just running a touch behind. The band, though, not at all happy with the direction of these songs. We didn't sign up to preach a message. I just want to play some music, man. 
as Mina comes in saying, listen, the people need to hear our message. And the reason behind all this, Nicole used nanites to make our instruments and this house. It's very well possible that this house could just eat us outright. And as shocked as the bandmates are, Ash tells him, look, the music is rough, but needs a lot of love. So then we see some scenes of Sonic telling the Freedom Fighters the events of the day. Mina's band's getting ready for the concert in three weeks. All the while, Jeffrey and Nagus are overlooking new Mobotropolis. The people have been running ragged between the Enerjack attack, the Rays of Nodhole, the Dominion invasion. They won't see us coming. And, if, and anything Eggman does at this point will only help us. Jeffrey insists, all will go to plan. Just follow my lead. And Nagus says, while your magic is weak, you always excelled in craftiness. I'll defer to you for now. Hold tight, Numa Metropolis, your rightful king is on his way. And that's the end of that story. The only thing I'll comment on so far is very interesting direction to have Jeffrey be an apprentice of Nagus. We have some scenes of him using some minor magics, but again, it, that wasn't something that was ever foreshadowed. I think this is just one of those liberties Ian is taking, but let me tell you, for this fucking character, any goddamn liberty is welcome. You don't understand. For real, for real, for real, for real, for real. So we move on to our story B, Flynn and Jamal Peppers, where we open on a lovely image of Dr. Ivo Eggman Robotnik doing some surgery. Saying that, ooh, good, you're awake. I wanted you to be up during this part of the procedure. You took a nasty spill, so I passed you back together. I have the technology, after all. And he shows a little red orb. This right here is the explosive in all Legionnaire cybernetics. You needed a replacement, after all. Oh, no! Yep, the, the Twitch chat in my head is spamming Monka S right now. Please, no, not her. I don't want her back. Eggman then goes on about the neural override chips which block the receiving signal, in addition to giving you total mind control of the Legion. Very crafty. The Iron Queen used her techno magic to bypass your bypass. She loses points for using magic, for the record. I'll let you keep the mind control chip, though. That's very clever, and you should be rewarded for that. Could even come in handy one day. But if you or any of your echidna buddies double-cross me, you're all going to end up like a fireworks festival. Very festive. Very colorful. And speaking, <laughs> of <ta> <laughs> speaking of taking liberties with you and your people, I'm all done. Take a look. And then... And then oh. we see Leyendah. Fully restored. Fully brought back together by Mr. Robotnik. And she sees herself in the mirror. No signs of any legionized parts, even finding herself to be beautiful. But Eggman insists, oh, no, 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 no. You've been internally outfitted with cybernetic parts, you know, like Monkey Con. Few new limbs and upgrades, and with my tech, no one will tell the difference between you and an organic being. We come to a rather interesting discussion. Linda looks at herself and then lashes out. Why? Hmm? You bombed and butchered my people to the brink of extinction. You robbed our organization of any dignity. You could have left me for dead or worse, made me like Dimitri. Why are you showing me any shred of mercy or decency? To which Eggman responds, because it's all part of the game. G game? What, what, what game? Why, the same game I've been playing with Snively for years. The same game I play with all of my grandmasters. Think of it as a 
roulette of trust. I know every single one of you is biding your time. You're all waiting for the perfect moment to turn on me and take my empire for yourselves. But until then, you all serve to your fullest. Because the stronger you make me, the more you'll reap in the end. If you manage to turn on me and survive, that is. So what do you say, Grandmaster Linda? I say, let the games begin. So, um, when I read this, my, my mind was going a million miles an hour because this is, well, for one thing, I just want to say, Eggman clearly just read Foucault's power essays and just made that his personality. Because look, he kind of has this understanding of, yeah, all these people are plotting to turn against me. But here's the thing. I have my contingencies. I'm going to overtake them. And if I don't, let, let's imagine a scenario. What if one of these grandmasters do overtake me? What if they do usurp my empire? There's still a lot of other grandmasters who want the same thing. And seven, eight of them, seven or eight armies that can unite and come together to fight back against the usurper and then try to create a skirmish amongst themselves. That's just problems. He understands that these are all problems that could, uh, that occur. But in his retrospect, it's like, this is part of the game. This is part of the, the deal that we've made. If you want to go this route, you got to face those consequences. This is just really smart. Like, oh my god. I, I love that this is an introspective moment where we take the worst character in this comic, besides Locke, of course. Yeah, it goes without saying. <laughs> yes, and use Eggman to sort of give his metaphysical thesis on the structure of his empire. Really cool. I, I'm amazed. I didn't think we'd have moments like this, but you know, I'm very happy. And hey, speaking of Foucault, don't look up Foucault in Age of Consent. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a Ken Penders moment. Anyway, anyway, Sonic the John, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, number two hundred twenty-one. Ian Flynn's the writer. Ben Bates is the artist. Holy shit. <laughs> is it hot wow. in here? Is it hot in here? Oh, Woo. spicy. So we open on kind of a reversal of two hundred one. Sonic is bringing Sally to Mina's concert, and he tells her, "You need to relax." Despite the fact that Sonic was just, you know, betrayed and shot in the back by Jeffrey, but Sonic is like, "Hey, hey, hey let's for, don't worry about that." You know, me, I understand that Mina isn't necessarily your favorite, but huh? What do you mean? I bought her first two albums day one. Sonic just means that, well, every time I bring Mina up, you seem a little dejected. And Sally admits, well, there was a time where I thought Mina was trying to date you, so I got jealous. And Sonic responds, well, you know, you know, this is why we should have done that whole talking thing more. You would have saved us a lot of angst. I feel like that's Ian Flynn talking. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's Ian talking, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Sally says that she doesn't like confrontations like that. Killer robots and blasters, though, that that's easy peasy. So Sonic comments, well, you know, you and I, Sally, have been hanging out a lot lately. Won't Khan be jealous or something and come for me with his lightning rod? Well, yeah, look, we talked. Besides, he's busy rebuilding his homeland. Kind of also want to comment about how Ian is kind of beginning to, like, rebuild and recontextualize Sonic and Sally's relationship now. Obviously on the basis of, uh, the slap incident. 
it all comes back to that. Yeah, it all comes back to that. Like, he's rebuilding the relationship in a much more healthy way, and I think it's very much appreciated. It turns out Nicole is coming in to join them, and she's, I gotta say, I'm a big fan of her little incognito look. She's got a little flat cap, she's got a tank top, jean short. She looks fantastic. It's adorable. Sally is just really happy to have her tag along. Sonic was, you know, kind of hoping this could have been a date thing, but okay. She's uh, taking the new outfit as a way to blend in, you know. She's been hearing things from the people, doesn't think that she's welcome. But Sally just says, no, people are just jumpy. You're one of us. You're a freedom fighter. They'll they'll come around. So Sonic just says, all right, guys, today we just sit back and enjoy the show. We don't have to worry about stuff like politics, Eggman missing, or what happened to Jeffrey St. Jerk. Speaking of... Jeffrey and Nagus appear from the shadows, uh, literally, as Nagus mentions the ability to shadow meld. Nagus mentioning that the stealth of shadow melding is moot if you carry on like that each time. St. John saying that it is the worst sensation in the world. I would imagine that that seems very, very harmful. He also comments, if you would have stuck around to teach me more than the basics, maybe I could work with it better. And besides, Jeffrey's magic may be subpar, but he says you need my skills and experience to get what you want today. And while reconnaissance is good, Jeffrey insists today is not the day to enact the plan. We might get caught being here, but Nogus insists, yes it is. Can you not feel that in the air? Feel what? The fear. The poison fog of fear. We then see Mina and her band backstage minutes to go. She's hyping them up and sends them out to set up. And she rushes out to Ash with a manic look on her face saying, oh, I feel like I'm going to vomit. What if they hate the song? And Ash just reassures her they'll love it. So you get out there and blow them away. So Mina and the band take the stage. Mina introduces them. You know us, you know the band, but let me tell you, we got a new sound. Sharps, hit it. And my man just rips a guitar solo out. And Nicole and Sally are just like, hey, wait, this isn't the old Mina sounds. But meanwhile, my guy Sonic is just rocking the fuck out, saying that this is banging. So as the, as the, as the assumed, uh, metal ballad begins to play, which is, uh, extremely raw, by the way, the lyrics, which I don't think we're gonna, like, really go into detail on, unless, unless you want I, to. I, I do have a note, but continue. The lyrics come. And immediately, Sonic and Sally and Nicole are partying, but then the lyrics start to really come to Nicole's ears. And she starts to realize the song's about me. Literally about me being a monster. And she runs off. The one note that I do have here, it, it, one of the lyrics are, she's everywhere, everything, but the heroes aren't listening. We're all left prone, unprotected. It's painfully obvious they won't act. It's up to us. We won't live in fear of the city. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um. Ah. Uh, ouch. Like, uh, just ouch. The the imagery is what makes it even more uh, poignant as, you know, Mina and the citizens are, you know, so, like, hyped up and they're so into it. And then it's just contrasted with Nicole crying and breaking down and and not being able to handle it. And it ends up being compounded 
we see Jeffrey and Nogus. Jeffrey thinking, oh, wow, I knew there was some issues over the nanites, but I didn't think it'd be this bad. And Nogus comments, fear is the mind killer. And Jeffrey says, you're using your magic to influence their emotions and blow it out of proportion. And he says, just as in the Great War, they will do more than call for reform. They'll be baying for blood. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Uh, this is getting this is getting real, man. The song finishes as Mina calls for them to remember. The Freedom Fighters fight outside to protect us, but it's up to us to protect our home from inside. Our government is elected by the people for the people. So we demand change now. God, I wish the U.S. had people like this. And so Sonic and Sally are just a, a little ruffled by that. Just a little, a little, it got him. And Mina moves on to the next song. After the concert, Ash helps Mina move through the crowd to their trailer. And the band tells her, you know, you guys should go in first. You know them better than we do. And inside, Sonic and Sally are waiting for her. Ash demanding to know, hey, how'd you guys get past security? Princess can move faster than the speed of sound. And Sonic lectures Ash about him putting his doom and gloom baggage on Mina's songs. But Ash is like ready to fight him. But Mina holds him back saying, listen, this was all my idea, okay? But Sally says, look, you gotta be careful with your messages. And take responsibility, which Mina cuts her off. So who's responsible for Bunny, Khan, and Nicole being turned on us? While you were half a world away playing politics, we were here, running for our lives, living in fear of our homes being turned into a prison. But Sally gets up, and she only comments... Nicole was in full control while we were gone. She kept the act up to protect as many as possible. She saw all the legionizing and was at your concert tonight. And she and Sonic leave, making their way through the crowd, while also being negged by the citizens, demanding to be freed and not wanting to be spied on. Funny kids comic. This is getting really, really, really real. This is getting too real. Uh... Uh, see, see, I'm, I'm, I, fuck it. I'm, I'm saying, say it, about say this. it. We could make a joke about how this is so absurd for a kid's comic to deal with, but we are reaching that point where we live in clown world and this shit is too real in a way. Yeah. Like, it's, I, like, like if you remove all of the, the magic and the, this and the, that we, we are, we are literally watching. A people's revolution in real time. And not only that, the, a people's revolution in perfect response to uh, things that even to this day... This comic was released in what, 2010, 2011? Yeah. Yeah, so um, if you know your history, folks, there were some debates going on, some laws being enacted, some some reactions. This can be equated to that. You can definitely look at this and go, oh, wow, this is really, really poignant. You know, I respect Ian... For, like, wanting to do these things in a very, like, healthy way. Because, I mean, look, I don't want to keep comparing him to the before guy. <laughs> you know that if he tried to do this kind of commentary, it would just be, at best, surface-level shit. Exposition dump, exposition dump, exposition dump, exposition dump. We, we, we're in better times. We're in better times, and I can actually think about these comics without wanting to uh, eat the cyanide pill I have under my fake tooth. Don't think about that. Anyway, let's continue. The last thing is, is that, you know, Sonic looks back to the crowd and just says, you know, it's times like this. I kind of wish Eggman would come back. They're all going, wait, she's so evil. But when Eggman comes back, they'll go, oh, God, Nicole, please save us with your shield. And then Sally's just like, dude, 
Don't say that. They are going alone in the forest, and they're begging Nicole to come out and talk to us. We're still your friends. Meanwhile, Jeffrey and Nagus. Nagus is still gloating to the people of New Robotropolis. They will cower in their fear until they beg me to save you. And while that is the end of the story, we do have a secondary story. Flynn writes, Fry does the art, and we open on Nicole. She's crying in the server room. And she's called out for by Dimitri, of all people. He's been installed there on what I can only describe as a Dalek base. Is that an accurate thing to say? I think? I don't know. I can't tell very well. Dimitri just asked Nicole, are you alright? You know, besides the obvious. First of all, Dimitri being kind. That's new. Hmm. New. And so Nicole just says, oh, I'm sorry for disturbing you. I forgot you were installed here, and she begins to dematerialize, but Dimitri just says, No, no, no. Stay. You're no bother. If you were, I would not have let you weep all this time. Given the nature of Mina's song, I wanted to give you some time before voicing my concern. As does Espio, I assume. As the camera pans to the ceiling, and Espio undoes his camo to reveal himself. And Espio looks to Dimitri, saying, You know, you seem to know a lot for someone out of the loop for so long. Dimitri says the way he was installed gives him limited access to the network. I saw Mina's concert, and you coming in the front door. Espio demands to know why Dimitri, you know, this traitor, is here with us. And Nicole says Sonic and Tails rescued him a while ago. He was left for dead, and Sally said the right thing to do was to show him mercy. But, Espio pulls out a short sword, and Dimitri comments, Well, it's as if you don't know about being branded a traitor. So why are you really here, buddy? Unless it was just to threaten me and upset Nicole further. Putting the sword away, Espio just says, look, I came here just to see if she's okay. Nicole comments, how would you have known I'd be here instead of just disappearing into the system? And Dimitri interrupts. He says, you know that you're no longer a mere program. Espio knew the first place his Mobian friend would go. Okay, this is Dimitri being surprisingly wise and kind. This is very odd. Espio talks again. Nicole, you're speaking to Dimitri right now. Does Knuckles know? And she says he's here building up the nerve to face Knuckles. And Dimitri admits in a moment of honesty, I fear facing Knuckles. I've done unspeakable things. We've been enemies for the longest time. But enough about me. Nicole. And Nicole admits she's at a loss. You know, I built this city and myself so I could live amongst them. Dimitri. You've lost control over your powers before, either as Enerjack or Grandmaster of the Legion. What, what did you do? Dimitri begins. In either scenario, I was trying to exert my will over reality to force things to suit me rather than deal with them as they were. And now look at me. Never to be with my family again. My people led astray by my own son. My legacy, a twisted, wretched thing serving the Eggman Empire. I was selfish. You two have something that I had ignored. You have the love and support of other friends who will seek you out to help you. Nicole, you must be brave and face the public scorn. They cannot hate a faceless monster of the shadows when she stands up to them with reason. Though it is one thing to speak of courage, it's another to possess it. I'm afraid you too must lead by example. Wow. Wow. That's like that's really, a lot. That's really that's a lot. It's a, that's lot, a lot, but it's man. really poignant. I think I think it's it's interesting that Dimitri 
continually. I think more than anything, the experience with Linda really opened him. It finally gave him the insight and the realization, you know? It gave him the realization like, oh, oh my god, my family is a bunch of fucking nutcases. Oh my god, I'm kind of responsible for this. And then now he's just slowly coming to terms with the fact that he fucked up. He fucked up real bad. It's really poetic and it's another way that ian adds depth to a character that sort of wasn't really relegated to anything other than being an evil robotic echidna head this is an interesting arc for dimitri out of everyone did not expect this but very pleasantly surprised so nicole thanks him you can rest here until you're ready but dimitri says honestly i never will truly be ready but sbo can you arrange a meeting with Knuckles for me soon? And he accepts. I'm in no position to talk about second chances, so I'll talk to him. But you must come with me. And he agrees to that much. That's the end of 221, and what a comic. What an issue, huh? Really strong, uh, really strong issue. And, of uh, course, we'll move on to our last comic tonight. Sonic number 222. Flint's the writer, and Steven Butler is doing the art. We open, Sonic is chasing after Tails, he's weaving through the crowd to get away, but after a jump to the air, Sonic tackles him. They were playing Capture the Flag, and Sonic has won this round. Sonic wants another go. Hey, I'll hide it this time, but Tails cuts him off. You know, Sonic, you really should be getting ready for your date with Sally. But Sonic is just like, ah, that's not till tonight. We got enough time to goof off. And, uh, speaking of which... Sally and Monkey Khan are talking in the Stormtop Village in the Dragon Kingdom. Khan updating her on the situation. Seemingly, things have mostly been okay. Uh, the clans are still bickering and posturing and all the usual political nonsense. The Iron Queen locked in chains, but locked down for good. Her prison is literally in the bottom of a well surrounded by stone. You didn't just come here to talk about the Dragon Kingdom, did ya? Well, I mean, I do care about you guys. It's just, things are kind of tense at home. You know, people are complaining about Nicole. Eggman's still missing. Then someone we thought we trusted. And Concha says, ah, 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 look. You're not one to stray from a challenge. What are you really here for? As she says, I got a date with Sonic tonight. Oh, well, there you go. You can tell me these things. And she admits, you know, this is what she wanted, but she's afraid of wrecking things again. You know, she messed up before, but so much has happened after that. I don't know if we're the same people we once were. And Khan just says, look, it's all good. I'm always here for you. You know that. And she thanks him. She just wanted to chill out for a bit. But Khan just says, you know you are on the other side of the planet right now, right? About now it's going to be like late afternoon over there. Sally flips her warp ring and heads off. And she steps through the ring back home. She's right on Sonic's path. And he crashes into her. Sonic says, oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. But Sally says, hey, it's fine. It's all good. I might be a little late for tonight, though. So she just runs off to the castle. And Sonic tells Tails, I may have lost track of time. So then we see Sonic and Sally both getting ready for their night out. Sally is just asking her mom for help, trying to pick out an outfit. Is it a formal thing or a casual thing? Can't really decide. And Sonic rushes to his house, running into Uncle Chuck. He's shining his shoes. He's looking forward to tonight. We don't have to worry about Nanites or St. John. I just want it to be just like the old times, you know? And Chuck just says to Sonic, all you gotta do is relax and be yourself. And it'll be just like old times. And he says, no worries, Unc. I'm always cooler than cool. 
And we then see Sally trying to do her hair, wondering if it's too late to call Bunny. But Alicia just says, "Hun, be yourself. That's the girl he fell for. And the two hug it out, saying, you know, I may not know how to do that, but thanks. At sunset, Sally meets Sonic outside the castle. Sorry for being late, and they're headed out to dinner. Sally thinks they're just gonna go to Uncle Chuck's diner, but Sonic, my man stepped it up a bit tonight. I got us reservations at the creme de la creme. It's our first date in forever. I think we should do something fancy. But you know, if you prefer Uncle Chuck's... No, 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 it's fine. It's all good. As she internally freaks out that, oh shit, this is a serious date and I wore something like my usual outfit. I fucked up again. All the while, Sonic comments that Antoine recommended the place. Something that they don't use margarine or something like that. What's up with this, Antoine? You gotta... (laughs) Yeah, I think think he has like... I think he has like a problem or something. I don't fucking know. Anyhow. So they arrive and Sonic tells the maitre d' outside for his reservation. Two for Sonic. Uh... I don't see you on the list, sir. As Sonic just leads in. Oh, you know, Sonic, the hero of Mobius, fought Robotnik with the princess right here. Ah, yes, of course. (laughs) Uh, Right this way. And then they're led inside. Sally spots Mina with Ash on the other side of the room. A little nervous about it. And when they sit down, Sally says that she honestly wished she talked better with Mina about the situation. You know, she's just worried about the citizens at the end of the day. But Sonic cuts her off. Listen, tonight, all you got to worry about is what to order. As their waiter comes to the table, dropping off some fresh bread. And while Sonic asks for water to start, the waiter asks something to Sonic. Hey, uh, when are you guys going to pull the plug to Nicole? You know, since she's a threat to the city and all that. Oh, uh, what the hell, man? We're just trying to have uh, a nice dinner. We're trying to, you know, reconnect after all this. Can you not? But Sally quickly says, we will do no such thing. A customer nearby interjects. Yeah, Nicole's a freedom fighter, too. And the two go back and forth. You know, Nicole helped capture and legionize Mobians, but she was under the control of the Iron Queen. As Mina overhears the conversation and just walks up and out of there. Ash following along with her. You know, she can't enjoy herself with all that going on. This wasn't what my music was supposed to create. As then we see the entire restaurant debating amongst themselves as Sonic and Sally just eat their bread. Political uh, dissemination uh, in real time, folks. Funny kids comic. Outside the restaurant, Sonic says he, you know, I, I think I lost my appetite. Sally agrees. And the two just walk out as they're followed by everyone inside out demanding what do you guys think but in the night sky in the moonlight comes down amy smashing her hammer between sonic and the people sonic and sally you guys go off i'll cover you and she turns around and lectures them these two have done so much for you and this city more than anyone else they deserve a night of peace and quiet as one of the guys says hey aren't you amy rose aren't you the girl that's always chasing after sonic And just quickly death glares him and says, Oh, Sonic will be mine one day. But until then, I just want him to be happy. And right now, Sally makes him happy. Based! Incredibly, incredibly mature moment from her. That's a, that's an applause from me. Uh, Absolutely. I I mean, I, I need to, I need to say this right now. The fact that Amy is given this form of character development where it's not just about the obsessiveness. It's about the fact that she wants 
Sonic to be happy more than anything. That's that's good. That's good. Okay, so I'm gonna have to put a, a bit of a warning sign up here. Um, I'm gonna come into the scene. I'm gonna give you guys a little pretense. I know we've dragged on about the romance in this comic a lot, but I'm gonna be honest and say that I really like this scene. I do too. I I think that out of all the characters, the ones that actually had the most chemistry were always Sonic and Sally, and it's always been done correctly with well uh, ever uh, since multiple uh, asterisks, yeah, uh, uh, multiple asterisks uh, because you know that period of time we begin Sally and Sonic walking together through the Chow Garden. Tell me something, Sonic. Hmm. Were you waiting for me all this time? Nah. <laughs> Smooth like butter. <laughs> Absolutely. You're right. Besides, there's no lies telling Sonic the Hedgehog to stop moving. Nope. But Fiona? I never said I always made the right moves. <laughs> hey, you know. it. Ha- uh, look, it happens to us kings everywhere. So you would have been okay if I stayed with Ken instead. Well, he's a step up from Jeffrey. But that's not saying much. So you were jealous, Yale. You were jealous of Mina, and we didn't even have anything going on. I see how it is. I open up to you, and you turn it back on me. Yep, always was one step ahead of everyone. Well, don't get too much further ahead. No? Why not? Because I want to be at your side. Really? Think you can keep up if you let me? Yeah, I, I guess I can slow down for you. Yeah, see, this is this is legitimately good because you're seeing the growth and the relationship blossom again after all the dumb fucking writing nonsense. And you can tell that they're both willing to forgive each other for all the fuck ups and all of the mistakes. And they're just being open and honest and caring. And the most important thing, fellas, communication. Yep. Absolutely. And the best part of all of this, God, I love Ian so fucking much. (laughs) Jeffrey St. John watches as Sonic and Sally cuddle under the moonlight as he mauls in classic fashion, melding into the shadows, dejected, pissed, and most importantly, cocked. True. True. <laughs> this is this is the content we love to see. Thank you, Ian. Continue to make this character a pathetic worm. That's what he is. He rematerializes another part of the forest. Naga says, "Oh, you should be practicing your shadow melding." But Jeffrey says, "My head's not in it tonight." And Naga's response: "Clear your head, boy. Tomorrow." New Mobotropolis will be mine. That's the end of that story. We'll pick this up next episode, but we got a story B. Of course, we got a story B. And if you thought that story was heavy, oh boy! Mamma Mia, Papa Pia. So, Flynn and Fry are the creative team on this story, and we open with Nicole, Espio, and Knuckles at a park in New Mobotropolis. Espio tells Knuckles he wanted to clear the air with more secrets, and Nicole says, you know, this honestly needs a delicate touch. But Knuckles thinks, ah, whatever it is, it can't be that bad. And then they bring him to the science center to meet Dimitri. Just ahead, his dreadlocks plugged into power routers. And Knuckles' response, he turns, pissed, 
at Nicolan Espio. In Espio's defense, I, I just found out about this man. But Knuckles, regardless, still upset that his greatest enemy has been here this whole time, and no one thought to tell me. Uh, Dimitri says, listen, they know our troubled history, and I asked to remain hidden until I had the strength to speak with you. While Knuckles is enraged and remembers the times they fought one another, Knuckles collects himself. Fine. Talk. Hope you're ready for a dagger through the heart. Dimitri, I'm sorry for everything. I don't know which is more shameful. My crippling pride or how long it took me to acknowledge it. With each mistake I made, I thought that I and only I could right it. Had I just listened to my brother back then, we both would have been able to live our lives with our families. And now look at me. Look at us. I could not lead the Dark Legion down the proper path. I could not save them from Dr. Robotnik. I freely admit that I have been in the wrong and that I am lost. Please, I ask for your forgiveness and your guidance, Guardian. And that's the one. That's the... Right there. Holy fuck. And you know Knuckles is just having like a million thoughts running through his head right now. And speaking of, Espio tries to tell Knuckles that he thinks he's telling the truth, but Knuckles just stops him. How did you end up here? Uh, Sonic and Tails found me after I was disassembled by Leanda and the rest of the Legion. They're armed with explosives so they won't oppose the Doctor. Leanda gave them a chip to block the receiver, but the control chip that she has makes the Legion prone to mind control. And so now, Knuckles has come to the conclusion, half of my kind are either slaves or as good as dead. As Dimitri says, please don't punch me in the face, it's all I have left. Yeah. So Knuckles gets pissed. A little pissed. Listen up, you're going back to Angel Island. I'm plugging you into whatever's left of Haven, and you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to fix this mess. Dimitri, actually elated at this fact that Knuckles has somewhat forgiven him, saying thank you. I'll talk to Julie Sue and see what she can do. Get ready to work, old man. Yes, I will. Thank you, Guardian. As Knuckles runs out, as for you two, I understand what you did here and why. Thanks. And as Knuckles leaves, Espio and Nicole feel like they dodged a bullet, but Espio thinks that went better than expected. End of that story. End of 222. End of all the comics we've got tonight. I think we have Good a lot to talk about. <laughs> Holy fuck, there's so much to talk about. We are clearly reaching an emotional climax. We are reaching a moment where it feels like we have sort of hit the apex we are at the precipice of a major upheaval in Mobian society. We are at a point where plot points seem to be converging across all facets of the universe in this series. And we are about to reach issue 225. Yeah, in fact, hey, you know, uh, I think starting at 221, there's a little marker on the cover that just says, Countdown to Genesis. I wonder what that's about. Countdown to Genesis. To Genesis? Um, very interesting. If we're going to talk about the Jeffrey St. John stuff, we have to address the, the gargantuan elephant in the room. Yes, look, I said on the special episode, I don't understand why Jeffrey St. John is here. I felt like he was a pointless character. I felt like he was meant for something a lot more. That was never brought upon for one reason or another. Maybe it was never there at all. I don't know. But now, we get to see what I expected this whole time. I thought Jeffrey St. John would be kind of a, not a villainous character per se, but a schemer, someone underhanded, someone who is, you know, acts like a friend on the outside, but is secretly plotting against everyone. 
the heroes, I mean. We are getting what we should have gotten with this character this whole time. The fact that he is a slimy, skeevy, manipulative character, and the payoff is that he is... Well, let me check the notes again. He's a magician? He works with Ixis Nagus? I, that wasn't there before. But I'm not gonna complain. Better than fucking nothing. Yeah, Ian really took the character and turned him into something that resembles a character and not a walking cuck machine. Which, you know, Ian had to pay 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 homage to the legacy of of, <laughs> of, of, of Jeffrey St. Cuck by literally having the final scene of 222 be him getting cucked. That's so good. Yeah, what else could uh, Jeffrey St. John bring about? I don't know who's to say. I'm... For once, I'm looking forward to seeing where this character goes, because now there's drama, there's intrigue, there's mystique. And then, of course, we have the moment with Eggman being philosophical and how he approaches his, I guess, his empire. Big fan of that. No complaints. And then, of course, our man Dimitri, who is, if you guys want to remember, although I don't blame you for not remembering Mobius 25 years later, Dimitri was the one character... Even in the uh, <clears throat> the before era, where Dimitri seemed like a reformed character, something happened during the time skip where he feels like, you know, I was in the wrong, I feel like something else should have gone down, and I want to work to make amends. And now it looks like Ian is taking the opportunity to show that, which isn't something I expected, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty, pretty nuts. It should just go without saying how kind of incredible. I will say I have some issues, but, you know, that's just, uh... It's just the minor nitpicks, the here's and there's, I assume. Yeah, but overall, it's just really, really good. Yeah, I have no complaints. I really enjoy this now. I, re I mean, I've always enjoyed it, don't get me wrong, but now we're really seeing some, like interest and some mystique we are we are i think in the golden era of archie sonic folks every comic we read it just gets better and better every episode we do is like better than the last in my opinion and i just look forward to doing this each and every time because wow i every comic just wows me at this point i hope you guys are ready for some upheaval because oh boy do we have upheaval coming soon speaking of which let me get those notes back up because What's happening next time on the Archie Sonic Digest, we will be covering, as prematurely mentioned, Sonic Universe number 25 to 28. That is, uh, the milestone arc, I suppose you can think of it as, focusing on a very fun character with a very fun setting. Well, just leave it at that. And of course, we got issue 223 and 224, then the free comic book day of 2011, and that'll lead us to the last issue of that episode, 225. Big stuff on the horizon, folks. Big stuff. Big stuff. So I think on that note, that'll end this episode of the Archie Sonic Digest. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And see y'all next time. Bye-bye.